0: Hello, I'm Brittany Harder, local theater teacher, and you are listening to Theatrics.
1: Hey, Maggie, would you pass me some of that Montego cheese over there? Oh my god, it's so delicious. I just don't <laughs> think that there's going to be any left. Mm, well, mm. do you know that on the radio, no one knows you're wearing green lipstick? Do you realize that? <sighs> Except they do now. Thank God, because that was the whole point of this. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) What have we got
2: going on today? So much going on today. We have Dogstar Theater coming on. Mm -hmm. We have Nita June and Justin Devonzo. In person. In person, live, talking about their upcoming play, The Foreigner.
1: And their whole project, their whole Mm -hmm. mission and and vision. Okay, great. And then we are going to recap my viewing of Fences and our our thoughts mutual disgrace, viewing of disgraced. Yes, awesome. Okay, here we go. Maggie, we have two shows to talk about: Fences and Disgraced. Both of them are now on the books. I mean, it's over, but it's an <laughs> you, ephemeral. You missed bo- them. <laughs> you missed them. <laughs> and and aren't you bummed? <laughs> you should be because they were both mm-hmm. really good. They were really good. So should we start with Disgraced? Sure. Let's start with Disgraced. Okay. Ayad Akhtar, it showed at center stage, and what would you think? I liked it. I mean, it was
2: – so one of the things that I liked about it is that it was all new people. It was people that we don't see all the time because these this is a traveling cast. They traveled right. to China. They did all this other stuff, and then they brought it to Santa Barbara. And it's kind of – interesting to see when you get so used to seeing the same sort of like 50 people on stage yeah. you know you kind of can see where it's gonna go before <laughs> it goes and this one it you know had that aspect of being kind of new and kind of like you really are a fly on the wall of these people's apartment because you don't know them personally yeah and I know that that's a very like local slant mm-hmm. to, but I thought that they did a great job with it Um really interesting piece very timely
1: very timely pe- now Heidi Weiss our favorite love to hate critic <sighs> Mm. She thought it was, she she faulted it for being of, of the times of the moment. She's yeah. like, oh, so of the moment, <laughs> 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 because you know it, it investigates these
2: <laughs> because themes. it talks about things that are important to people. Mm-hmm. I know okay, good. Right.
1: And then she said, "It's like they're trying their, to make art or something." <laughs> I know. And then she said that its <laughs> ending was predictable which i have a totally different slant on you can't really it's it's not it's not predictable it's just you know it's heading for oh, something absolutely you know gravitational and and pull you down yeah
2: and i think that that the playwright did a very good job of setting up all of the actions mm-hmm. that happen by relating them back to these uh parts of the Quran because they're talking they're arguing about the Quran and they're talking about um, you know this religion that the main character is is part of culturally even if he's not um, a Muslim anymore and everybody you know that's kind of a big part of the conversation and I think that it's interesting to have this argument that you then see play out on stage, especially after they've made such a point of saying, you know, this is more than just a culture. It's more than a religion. This is mm. something tribal. It's in the bones. Right. So I think that mm. the playwright did a good job of setting up everything so that everything seemed inevitable, not right. predictable.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what Aristotle sa- said we mm. should do. That it should feel inevitable.
2: I like that Hetty's just like mm, Aristotle. Mm, yeah, who's
1: that? I disagree. Right. <laughs> mm, wrong again. <laughs> All right, Hetty. I mean, <laughs> I know. And then you, know, she did. She didn't. Let's face it. She didn't like it because it was about, you know, the, the others. You know, <laughs> there were, she there's an African American. She might be xenophobic. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm afraid to break the news to America. <laughs> Dear America, <laughs> we're very sorry
2: to inform you. Well,
1: and remember I, I had- <laughs> One of had, our critics
2: is a racist.
1: Oops. Remember <laughs> Our I, bad. Our bad, sorry. Uh, remember I had the review, her, the, her actual oh, review, and then it, now it's gone from the interwebs? This is a
2: true story. We looked it up. <gasps> I think somebody we read saw it. that we were looking it up and oh, reading no. it. Now scrubbed. it's buried.
1: It's been scrubbed. It
2: has been scrubbed. Which I
1: thought you weren't able to do. I thought you actually weren't able to. Like once, isn't that what they say? Like it's on the internet. It's on it's the internet forever. forever. The internet is forever. Yeah. Not, no. Heidi must have she, minions. Oh, man. They are scrubbing the interwebs.
2: <laughs> For her slightly racist <laughs> it's like comments. page
1: not found. About page him. not <laughs> found. Okay. That's interesting. Google not working. <laughs> Google not working.
2: <laughs> But Man, this- Petty is more powerful than we thought. No, it's
1: deep. <laughs> what what is that? The deep state, right? The deep this, state. The deep state. <laughs> it's on the dark web. <laughs> the dark web. If only we could get on
2: there. I know. I've always wanted to get on the dark web. I don't I know. know how. I don't. I, don't know. I can I think, barely get on have the regular to ask web. My
1: son, how to get oh. on the dark web? I think he might know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: If you start finding like trash bags that are suspiciously heavy, but oh, also okay. like in your you know, your garage. I'm not
1: gonna ask any just, questions. Just <laughs> keep, them,
2: keep them in the freezer, you know. Just leave them there. <laughs> so yeah, so I liked Disgraced. I yeah. thought that they did a really good job with the material and it was an interesting piece. I enjoy material that's of the time mm-hmm. and forces people to take a look at how other their contemporaries are experiencing the world.
1: Right. Right. And All the characters come to be disgraced. Right. And so, you know, it's even though it's both particular and it's universal. I mean, it wasn't – it was universal in being particular, which I think is sometimes the best kind of theater. Oh, yeah. And the best kind of writing when you're so specific that you touch on something that lasts and that's always like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. Definitely. So –
2: And even if you remove all of the – Uh, Sort of specificness of the religion and the culture and that sort of clash. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting piece just about relationships, people in relationships, whether they're Mm -hmm. married, whether they are in a business relationship, like there's a lot of sort of weird little duplicitousness that happens, whether to make the relationship better or to you you know, freeze it, yeah. hold on to
1: it, keep it at a certain pace. So, yeah.
2: it, you know, I felt that it was well-rounded in terms of the fact that it gave you a whole world view mm-hmm. that all contributes to this one mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. but it's really so widespread in terms of the entire culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good good stuff. So, I saw that, and then I saw Fences, too. hey right. Tell me about Fences. I'm well, so sad I missed it. I know you are sad, because whenever I see two good sh- or any number of shows in a row that are good i start to become a little terrified that <laughs> oh
3: i mean what's a, next yeah
1: like oh dear <laughs> now how many how many am i gonna have to just sit through now i know like, right because for
2: every good one there's I know, five
1: i know at least maybe bad or i mean mediocre. i love theater but you know what i mean <laughs> i think there's always something so good I, to be I, gleaned from I mean, most oh, of Oh, that's time. true. That's true. You're right. So Fences was. But Fences was all good. All good. And, um, the cast included Derek Lee Whedon as Troy Mason. That's the, um, mm-hmm. main character. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, Maxon and, uh, Carol Foreman as Rose. Mm-hmm. And Derek Whedon came from Ashland where he oh. is sort of there. And, yeah. uh, we talked to him afterwards and, he compared it to your favorite play king lear Ugh. he said it's you know lear today's lear which makes i'm sorry but that makes sense what, the story what? of the filial relationship the law lo- you know the um the legacy <laughs> the greatness i mean those the are shame.
2: very broad themes that you yeah, could apply right. to pretty much any play I'm sorry. I do not. I'm not going to swallow the fact that Lear is the only great well, play about no, no, no shame it's not the only and-
1: one. but but for an actor who who comes from doing a lot of classical work mm-hmm, like he did, mm-hmm.
2: he really should know better he, than to pick that one when he could oh, have
1: picked oh, any other. Is what I'm saying, right? Like like which one? Like uh, how about Macbeth? Oh, oh. I don't see this. I don't see fences in Macbeth. In well, the same I'm, ballpark.
2: okay. How about <laughs> how about? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Okay, that's, that's right, a right. that's a play that has shame and filial relationships mm-hmm. and etc.
1: A lot of them have filial relationships. Yeah. He liked he liked investigating that relationship.
2: Yeah. I mean, how many plays does Shakespeare really have?
1: A bunch, and they and they often. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, that that we want to keep and see and and.
2: I think that, like, uh, for Reesy. instance, a lot of the comedies are very similar.
1: I know. They all involve shipwrecks, I think.
2: <laughs> shipwrecks. Twins. Twins, cross-dressing, mm-hmm. and everybody gets married at the end. And then there's, like, ah. a magical forest mm-hmm. where they dance with fawns. I yeah. mean, uh, I'm just saying right. that they're, you know, uh, he maybe has, like, five plays. Okay. Okay. Anyway, fences, fences. Fences. fences sorry. Fences, back to fences, fences.
1: So so the actor saw uh, a, a lot of similarities between King Lear and he – and. You know, what I was thinking was he brought, I think, to, to have the acting chops to do that part, which is such a big part, you yeah. know. Right and there are these lengthy monologues that another actor could just get lost in, mm-hmm. pacing-wise, or the the director, this was Timothy Bond, mm-hmm. direct, could just let it die. and And sure. not because it's not, it's well-written, but still, you still need to keep it up. And, um he did i mean I it was like just it. so well paced and carol foreman was mm. perfect as rose mm-hmm. they have a thrust stage this was up in the santa maria theater okay and um they have like a, a thrust stage and the whole it was like a matinee audience which you know you think these people are gonna be asleep mm-hmm. right yeah because that's, that's what they're known what for you
2: go to a matinee for is to take a nap to nap
1: oh. yeah but they weren't they were riveted and I like it. And it, it was like a full immediate standing ovation. Oh, good. People were crying. All around me, people were crying. Oh, and wow. you know what, Maggie? I think I was crying. Really? And I, I don't cry. Re- That's anyone. why you were unsure. I'm not a crier. <laughs>
2: Am I what is this wetness I know, moisture, on my face? Moisture. I feel like I'm dehydrating
1: inside this theater. <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> I don't understand.
1: Well, that is vibration. It was, indeed. it was moving, it was great. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone was sobbing. I mean, they really were. There was this one girl who was like I don't know if she, maybe she was having another issue that like, was touched on, but just
2: ugly crying.
1: Ugly crying. <laughs> ugly crying. She had to go into the in or in the lobby. She had to exit her and she had to go to the bathroom and like recover. Oh my god. And come back out.
2: Oh my God.
1: I know. Why don't
2: more people do fences? It's sending women to the bathroom.
1: I- <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, what are we looking forward to seeing next?
2: Well, what's coming up? We've got Foreigner, which we have spoken with the lovely Justin and Nita. So that's coming up at Center Stage. We also have Governors, one man, two governors. One man, two governors. (laughs) What's funny is when you when you type it, one man, two governors. It's spelled G U V. Oh yeah. So you know, like the the, you know Cockney whatever. So autocorrect always changes it Um, to gunners gunners. and gunners which is that's the
1: american correction i guess
2: so (laughs) every i've been sending (laughs) emails back and forth to sbcc and the independent Mm -hmm. to like you know figure out who's reviewing and who's getting tickets and whatever and every single email is like two gunners Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah that's me (laughs) all right so that's coming up we've also got Rocky Horror oh yes and we will have the lovely Samantha Eve directing yeah and she will be on the pod next time
1: that's so fun so that's what we've
2: can got we coming up can in- we throw food at
1: her when she comes for the podcast oh we should bonus food throwing up. we should I think
2: that that would like grow some empathy okay I'll
1: put out do you think she'll be suspicious if she sees a lot of like um, tarps <laughs> splayed out on the on the she comes here? And she's like why is why- everything why covered is in plastic why everything
2: in plastic <laughs> we're both holding toes behind her back like we don't know we don't know we
1: don't know. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. All right, well, we're looking forward to that. Awesome. Maggie, who do we have with us today in the living room?
2: Oh my God, I'm so excited. It's Santa Barbara's absolute newest theater company, Dogstar. Huh? Hello and welcome. Whoop, whoop, whoop,
3: Hello. Whoop. Yes,
2: welcome. <laughs> so Thank we have you. Nita and Justin here. How are you guys?
3: fabulous
0: better doing, now doing very well tonight yes, yes we husband and wife team making oh, our appearance that. here on the
2: podcast do you hear that that radio voice how mm. soft and buttery smooth that is mm-hmm. so buttery smooth. It's, it's inspiring me to do the same we
3: Absolutely. brought it out for you just sometimes i wake up in the morning like this
2: wow. <laughs> let's do the whole podcast like we're being batman i i like that <laughs> So, why don't you guys start off by telling us you've got your show Foreigner coming up, The Foreigner. And, but start off, let's back up and let's start with you came to Santa Barbara and you decided Mm -hmm. to do theater. That's very broad. Let's hear the specifics.
0: Okay, let's bring it, we're gonna bring it back even a little further back than that Mm. to Naked in a Boat.
1: Naked let's, in a boat. Naked yes. in
0: a boat. Let's mm. let's bring the visual in there. Let's do it. Can you see it? Naked mm-hmm. in the boat. It's hard. two people, actually six people, I think naked in a boat. Better. That's, this is where mm-hmm. Justin and I actually met. I <laughs> so we we love telling the story because it's a good one. It's a, it's a
2: shocker. Um, it's good so far. It's good so far.
0: And we were in a theater company together 10, 11 years ago in Santa Monica. And I, we were both acting in it. Justin had been in the theater company for many years. It was called City Garage Theater. And I was new to this theater company. And it was Chuck Me's, um, Bacchae
1: 2.0. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with this. Mm-hmm.
0: Justin, who did you play?
3: I got to play Dionysus. Mm-hmm. Ooh, choice mm-hmm. part. Typecast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, you're never going to be able to do anything else no, now. No.
3: no. <laughs> and, it, and and uh, yeah, to be fair, this theater was um, <clears throat> well known for its um, nudité. Mm-hmm. And uh, for many years, I said, nope, not doing it. And then when I got into my mid-thirties, I was like, who cares? I'll be naked. <laughs> I don't really care anymore. And, um, you know... I got to be naked in a boat, and that's how I met my wife, which was pretty cool. And um,
1: (laughs) that might be the best how I met my mm -hmm. wife or significant other story that I think I've heard so far that I've heard. Yeah. It was pretty. Okay.
3: You know, it's kind of a nice way to do it. It's like here I am, <laughs> nothing <laughs> left. I
2: know, right? Right. It's she's weird. got the list, just, and she no. flips to page yeah. three, and she's like, check. Back
3: to page <laughs> one. Name. And at the end of the show, I would I would always say, you know, it was really cold tonight, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: Sorry. <laughs> David anyway. Thinks
2: that, David thinks oh, that's funny. I actually have a really big dick, you guys. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> What, yeah, that's right. What she said. Um, <coughs> <laughs> so, so that is
3: where we met. So we did meet there, and it was actually great theater, and we mm-hmm. did a lot of work together. And we got awesome. to do uh, rhinoceros together as well. Right,
0: that was our last show that we did. Right. Um, was rhinoceros? I played Daisy. You played Dudard and the L- oh, logician. Wow. Yeah. And then yeah. I announced to the theater company that I was leaving Los Angeles and heading to graduate school in at um, Naropa. In Boulder, Colorado, okay, returning there. Older. The people from um, the experimental theater wing at Tish had left and gone to Naropa. Oh, okay. um, So Naropa was calling me, um, and Justin followed me out there.
2: Wow. So, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, I had to get my act together and- chase her down
2: (laughs) yeah well the naked boat left right Right. naked
3: boat headed
0: (laughs) to the
2: mountains
3: that's right
0: (laughs) um and then what five years later we actually ended up in santa barbara
3: by Um, way of coming back and going back into santa monica and actually i got back into city garage Mm -hmm. again and did some Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. theater and i didn't have to be naked for a couple shows which was nice but and then we moved to santa barbara in 2013 Mm -hmm. and um spent a couple years here Getting our feet grounded before we. Yep. And I was going back theater. and
0: forth back to Colorado teaching and directing theater back there, but wasn't, we weren't doing any theater here. And then mm-hmm. this year's election came around and it would have been something that Justin and I had just been talking about for a while and more. I mean, maybe it was more me, the impetus of like, this is like our, we yeah, need to, to have a call. company. It's like, this is, yeah. yeah, I need to do this now. This uh, wake up moment of, um, I think certainly with, um, the one who shall not be named coming into (laughs) presidency (laughs) and, um, you know, the women's movement around that time. Mm -hmm. Also, I turned 36 on January 6th and that has always been like this, I don't know, this, this mark, like year, a marked year for me. My mom had me when she was 36. Mm -hmm. So there's been something about that year that was like, okay, let's, like, let's take off any breaks. Let's do what I want to do. It's time. Um, and so with that, um, first we did our first production. It was called Last Train to Nibrock at Center Stage Theater in April. And Justin played Raleigh and Lauren Ming Holden played, um, May. And, um, after that one, it was a, it was clearly, it was a small cast, two people. And, um, and thinking about what I wanted to do for this next show, of course, thinking of the political situation. Um, at the time when I chose the play, Charlottesville actually hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose to do the foreigner simply, and initially it was just the title that caught my eye. I had never seen it. I had actually never even heard about this play. And then I was, as I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is quite relevant right now.
1: Well, let me, let me pause you there and ask you to like, if, if, if you were talking to somebody and you had never seen it before, mm-hmm. never read it. How would you describe the play to them?
0: Yeah. It is a comedic farce. It was written in 1984 by Larry Shue, the same man who wrote um the film The Nerd, starring oh, Steve yes. Martin way back in the day. <laughs> and it is it takes place in rural Georgia. And two Brits come into this hunting lodge in rural Georgia that is occupied by a handful of very uh, eccentric individuals Very who are <laughs> making, mm-hmm. <laughs> making their, uh, taking, t- taking, uh, taking part of their lives in this lodge. And these two Brits come there, and one is a um, former military man who comes to Georgia every year and essentially does, um, tests bombs for the American military. He, he nice. does these outings with them, and he's brought his friend Charlie. Nice. And he brings <laughs> his friend Charlie along, who is extremely shy, and one thing leads to another, and... Um, it comes to be that Charlie doesn't want to talk to anybody in the lodge while he's there the whole time. And so um, he pretends that he – well, he's forced to pretend, actually, by his friend Froggy, that he does not speak any English. And so around this, all the other characters start to tell Charlie their secrets. Hmm. Um, and it comes out who they really are because they think that he is a foreigner and doesn't understand him. Right. Um, and there's some characters that just – oh, my gosh. Like the, the – Everyone coming to see this play they're gonna fall in love with some of these characters. And, Ty- and
1: who tell tell me yeah. who your cast is for some of these.
0: Tyler X. Kuntz plays Ellard. He is so cute I love He's, him. And you are just gonna fall in love with him he even is more. so I mean hilarious. it's unbelievable. He, it's like every night I just can't stop um, giggling at his scenes and the other scenes in, in there. He so commits
2: man. He, does he commits come. 100%.
0: Tyler Tyler. <laughs> and then of course we've got Justin playing Charlie, Justin Devonzo and then we've got Matt Cooper playing froggy lasur we've got matt smith um, who actually i went to school with at columbia uh, way back in the day and he was an actor there he just recently moved in santa barbara i literally stepped on his dog at handlebar coffee and was (laughs) like i know you and (laughs) to the dog very odd (laughs) not to the dog but another funny tie into dog star theater like stepped on your dog you want to be in our plane? um And then we've got Ming-Lauren Holden playing Catherine, okay. and we've got Leslie Story playing Betty, and Van Riker playing Owen.
2: Oh, good. Yeah. yeah
0: and this cool. is, uh, he's really excited about this part because he plays a really horrific, creepy. terrible, creepy, creepy KKK white supremacist. Ooh, I can see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I can yeah,
2: see him doing I mean, that. That'd be interesting. No, and though, I, I actually like hate him by no. the end of the play. Yeah. Like, and That's Van, good, if that. anybody
0: who knows Van, is like the sweetest kind I of person. He's impossible to hate. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, who you are you and are who after you the can show. play are very different things. True. Very yeah. True. True. Yeah. I mean, I used to be cast as like the dumb blonde all the time. No way. <laughs> no way. That doesn't even sound remotely like a thing. <laughs> I know, but like,
2: it was so true. Whatever. People yeah. are so judgmental. I know. All right. <laughs> so.
3: I don't so. get it. I
2: know. It's all right. It wasn't directed at you.
3: Uh.
0: You're not blonde, so unlike uh. the rest of us here. So you can just
3: not talk. <laughs> we could talk or not talk.
2: So So that sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds fun. It sounds like a a fun farce. And now I read through it and I have some questions. Mm -hmm. So I read the play. My first question is, uh, you know, in relation to the fact that you made this comment that, you know, the Trump administration and the current political scape uh, gave you the impetus to put on theater, to create, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have had. So what do you think the connection is between this particular piece and, um, you know, the opinion that you would like to put into the world mm-hmm. with your your artistic voice
0: mm-hmm. um so to answer the kind of the first part of that question or kind of take it back a little bit the theater company again that Justin and i met in was very uh avant-garde and f- pretty politically driven so much show so that people would leave the theater certainly shocked Mm -hmm. um their perspectives like not just jarred but but like wrecked and shattered (laughs) (laughs) which at the time in my early 20s I was really into I thought this is what we need to be doing right now let's shake people up and let's throw them out the window um and see if they can yeah yeah. (laughs) and since then though I feel like (laughs) we wake up every day and it's that we're shaken that to our core. We're true. totally shattered by what's going on. And it's this constant barrage of, um, horrific news. Um, you know, whether it be, uh, natural events, whether it be something that's going on in our government, whether it's something that's going on overseas, um, terrorism, you know, I mean, even since I chose the play, there's been, um, I'm probably not going to be able to count all of this. this. Yeah. There's been Charlottesville, yeah. Las Vegas, um, three hurricanes, multiple events over in Europe. And so Fires. with all that, you know, I say like I chose this play out of this politically driven mindset. Um, and I really appreciate your question, Maggie, because it's not a political play. It's not like a take a stand. Here we are. And what drew me to it were the people, were the relationships, were these human beings within it who are trying to navigate their lives and actually find meaning in their um in their daily doings, even though they might not be the most intellectually driven or there's, brightest people.
3: And there's a line that Charlie says, but it he says, We're making one another whole and complete mm-hmm. and alive and and then he can't explain the rest. But <laughs> the, yeah. the point is, I mean, I think that's kind of where Absolutely. these characters, at first, you're like, how is this going to, who are these people, how is it going to work? And at the end, they are all helping each other kind of figure out how to be mm-hmm. in a world that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah.
0: And I feel like there's just, I mean, daily we're just left with questions of, like, how do we fix this, what do we do? And what I keep coming back to is just bring it local. Like, what can you do when in and of yourself to spread good, to be good, to be a good person in the mm-hmm. world? Um and certainly if you have more power if you have more you know a greater um network that you can tap into to spread the word to do bigger things awesome um but i just keep coming back to that of like what what can i do now what can we do now um and i want to give people an experience of after coming to see our show and this show particular too that they feel um they feel hopeful they feel that they will – they want to engage with the person who's sitting next to them in the mm-hmm. theater. They want to talk to other people, that they will have um not <laughs> like a shattered perspective about the world, but actually a perspective that will possibly actually have been mended a little bit in terms of the – can we swear on the show uh, I think the shit that's going down the oh, shit yeah. storm that's, that's of what's going down in the Damn world it. and so I feel like I don't actually at this point in my life and in the world want to provide more of a shitstorm storm or like a shaking or a barrage mm-hmm. of reality mm-hmm. on stage like mm-hmm. we're getting that so much right. and I also don't want to provide a total escape from reality I think that's the other far extreme that is not helping anybody either and, um. and
3: I do think that it'd be nice if I mean even if people just get away for two hours in their in this craziness and enjoy themselves and laugh and you know maybe they just forget about things for a little bit and enjoy the yeah. show and and I think that's part of our duty as um, well, you know theater and yeah. the arts and things like that is to give that gift and make sure there's a moment for that because we're at that cusp right now where it's you know we're all struggling to keep this art form alive and and do the hard work and do the important work of telling stories that aren't you know, don't always have to be hit you over the head with <laughs> something. I mean, I really like the classics, and actually, City Garage we used to do a yeah. lot of Brecht and Pinter and mm. some really neat plays. And then it got really political, and I started to just kind of wasn't really mm-hmm. my thing. And I like getting into a play that doesn't necessarily have to have that as the overlying thing. It's like, hey, let's let's go down into this world and have this journey with these characters that can yeah. be cuckoo and crazy and well- whatever
1: the extension or the growth of one's humanity as an audience member and as an actor and a director it you know it doesn't have to be topical to be political you know it, it can be the you know if you think of empathy as a muscle you know theater i think is the best weight room for mm-hmm. growing that muscle and it can mm-hmm. make somebody
3: think about something that they didn't pre- they weren't prepared to think about because they saw yeah said character do and say something that oh wow that strikes a chord and you're right it doesn't take a formula it can just be one moment yeah, yeah. that makes someone go ooh wow yeah.
2: yeah so where do you think that people will be flexing their empathetic muscle within this show what characters will we be empathizing with what message Will be coming across via those characters' voices.
0: Mm. Mm. That's a really good question too. Just thinking about too, <laughs> like you're certainly not going to be empathetic towards the KKK characters.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, or the that white, would be a or
0: switch. the white supremacist preacher. It's weird. There's um, the some really good people on that. You yeah. know. <laughs> You're not going to really be like, oh, fine. wow, they're really, they're really well, giving that white supremacist that's picture up, a hard time That brought there. up an interesting uh,
3: <gasps> conundrum was finding the actual KKK costumes yeah. and calling yeah. around looking for, hey, do you have, uh, well, I have we're looking for- <laughs>
1: like right <down> the hall. <laughs> Like right there, we we thought, so bad. You know, in this day and age, <laughs> if if the
3: government is listening to us, we've been talking about guns, bombs, KKK. I mean, you name it, and <gasps> we're like <sighs> we're just doing a play. You're gonna, You're gonna be on the, the short, short list, right? Play. We're the probably, short list. Well, I've been on the I've been on that list for a long time. <laughs> You're gonna be on the short list for the next
2: big gala.
1: You're <laughs> yeah. gonna be invited. That's right.
3: That's right. Goals. Oh <laughs> But goals. to answer yeah. that question, I think um, I definitely think uh, Ellard. Oh, gosh, and- yeah. uh and probably Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, in a weird way, David. Yeah. In a, in a little He's bit the, of a weird way. He plays
0: the white supremacist preacher. I think people feel bad for him, but then at the same time, they not like, like him. Hmm. Yeah, he gets, there. there is catharsis at the end of the play. Ooh, it's yeah. good. Catarsis. Yeah, there's, some, there's um, some
3: catharsis.
2: Well, I have a question about <laughs> Ellard, which I think, I believe that's mm-hmm. Tyler.
0: Right? That Tyler is. Pence.
2: So, when I read the play, I, and I know this is a way that, however he plays it, will be different, but, in reading it, I was like, wow, everybody is really mad at him mm-hmm. all the time. Like, they're very impatient with <laughs> mm-hmm. him at the offset. And I think that, you know, as the play goes on and he shows his mettle in various ways, people become uh, more patient with him. Mm-hmm. But tell me, what? how are you choosing to portray that character? Yeah. Right.
1: As somebody who hasn't read the play, let me ask you. Why would we be impatient with that character? Yeah.
2: He comes across as, and I don't want to use the word slow as an umbrella but term, but I'm going to go ahead and say for the purpose of this, I he comes across as some, some sort of, you know, whether it's, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I read it. Is right. He yeah. Doesn't, he's not quite at the level of everyone else, yeah. either socially. Actually, yeah.
3: He's or, a simple guy. Yeah. He is a simple <laughs> guy.
0: Yeah. And that with that too, um, I wanted him to be not coming across as if he was, um, you know, like, uh, having a me- mental handicap, but okay. that he was and is someone who, Has just been really dealt like the wrong hand in life. Like everybody from, from the first time that he was, he was, you know, maybe in school, like he was put in the bad classroom. He did something wrong. He was, he was looking at chipmunks out the window. Like he just keeps getting pushed down and pushed down and nobody's actually given him the opportunity. He was never fostered. Yeah. Nobody's given him the opportunity to do anything. So he just thinks
3: that's the way it is. Oh, okay. And
0: and granted, at the same time, he is a little slow (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. just saying, like there's this, what, Charlie, the character that Justin's playing, gives him this opportunity to actually feel okay about himself. Um, to be able to, um, gain some self-respect and some confidence and that the other characters start to see that he um is worthy of making some decisions even if they might not be the best decisions. <laughs> <Right. laughs> they like give him some space to do that and that's okay and i think um that's certainly the the muscle of empathy and of patience and just of like you know we're not all we're not all handed the same cards out at the, the same hand um at the beginning of our lives and i feel like again coming back to this political thing like not to sound too hippie or anything, but like tolerance and compassion and empathy are, we need so much more of that right now. Um, that is what we need in the world. And so he gets, he gets more of that by the end of the play. Um, and certainly, I feel like the audiences, you talked about, yeah, where's that empathy muscle going to be flexed with him? Certainly. I think also with the character of Charlie, who's, who's, um, you could even maybe put him on the spectrum. <laughs> um, I don't that know. Th- cast th- th- again. <laughs> Dionysus, too. <laughs> Dionysus. But. And I don't know, you're actually not playing him that way, but some yeah. people might see little bits of that um, in him. He's a bit OCD. Well, he's, he, he's a
3: little socially awkward yeah. and he, yeah. he, he isn't really that interested in engaging. And then he's also never been allowed to sort of be more than what he is. I mean, he even says it himself in the play where he's just, he thinks he's boring. And so he's all of a sudden hand, put in the situation that once he accepts the situation and starts to have fun with it, he realizes, oh. <gasps> Oh, my God, I can I can manipulate and do this and help. And and then they help him. And it just becomes this kind of fun ride for Charlie, too, to realize that um, he's actually also helping make a difference. Yeah. And um, and then at the end, he, he's then taken into that world in a way that he didn't expect.
0: Hmm. Yeah. He's accepted neat. into this family hope it didn't give anything away.
1: <laughs> well, you did say at the end. You did promise I catharsis, I think. Yeah. I, know, so, I, I, feel like I heard yeah. her say this We It was promised.
0: Listeners, if you're listening, Darth rewind Vader comes on and just <laughs> and <laughs> input.
3: <laughs> we actually, what we've done is combine a few things. So <laughs> it really won't be what you expect. <laughs> we didn't give anything away.
2: There will be a star battle.
1: And, um, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about the nitty gritty. When is this playing? Yes.
0: yes, indeedy. We open on October twentieth, which is next Friday. Ooh, that's soon. It's that coming in? right. Oh up. my gosh! I, I better have you them them. Lines? Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> work on them right now. <laughs> yeah, you should.
3: I haven't had one of those anxiety <laughs> dreams yet. I yeah. usually do. <laughs> you know the one where you're standing on on the <laughs> wings you know and it? you go, "Wait," we're, and they push you, you out.
2: I still have you go, that. I still have it all the time. Except for you, it's like you get pushed out and you're. Like, oh my God, I'm fully I'm clothed. I what got do clothes I do? On. I
3: don't what? know what to do. <laughs> oh God. I can't navigate.
2: Where's my
0: compass pointer?
3: What, <laughs> what time is it? Look at the uh <laughs> Shadow. Um, <laughs> Anyways,
0: to come back, October, t- October, <laughs> October 20th, 20th, 21st and 22nd, 8 p.m. each night, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we also have two 2 p.m. performances. Oh, okay. It's at wow. Center Stage Theatre. Great.
3: great place and, to be
0: doing um, this. Yes. Yeah, Brad. Brad, who of those who you know Brad. He apparently is a fan of everything that Nate starts with the letter B. Ooh. He and I had a long conversation <laughs> about that last time. And after the last show of Nibrock, I gave him a basket with bourbon and, and banana bananas. bread. Man.
1: Bourbon and banana bread.
3: You yeah. got some B's in there and
0: banana bread. But, um,
3: There's a talk back too, right? Oh, good.
0: On good. Sunday at 2 p.m., yes. Okay, so this would be a back. great time, I think, too, for people to... to um, <laughs> <laughs> Make some peace too, I think, with the two characters who they absolutely hate, and then just like, yeah, what's what, what to, to talk through some of the questions that might come up. Um, it's always kind of in fun. watching it. Yeah, I yeah.
1: noticed on your website that a portion of the proceeds or something yes, are going indeedy. to the
0: Anti Defamation Defend- League. League. Yeah, yeah. So, so that so was a big thing too of like wanting. I think there's I've I've made the the gentle leap to make this into a political place play. I don't know that a lot of people might have done that. I think certainly in just in contrast and in comparison to what's going on in The Times, it absolutely is. It's absolutely relevant. Um, It can be political. But I think um, in the terms of like, for me anyways, when I think of like political, I think like picketing and riots and we're out there doing something. But um, in the case of this play, it's political just because it's relevant. We've got the same themes going on. We've got white supremacists and we've got normal – normal actually what can what can be called normal anymore? Um um normal folk in Georgia um fighting against that. And well, so it's, it's
3: also just the premise of a foreigner. I mean yeah, that actually comes absolutely. up a lot in the play. So yeah. there's an absolutely. element of just it doesn't really matter that it's whites. It's, it's like how are foreigners viewed and who are they and what are they treated? Which like? thank
0: you for that reminder, because that's initially why I chose the play right. was because it was the foreigner. Well yeah. so
2: I'm I'm interested in that. How, in your opinion, is The concept of the foreigner represented in this piece. Mm. Mm. That's something actually that I feel like is,
0: you know, the foreigner is British. So he's not that foreign. (laughs) Although Betty in the play, he's, he's put on that he's we don't know what country he's from. And right. he doesn't speak well, English. He doesn't speak anything. Yeah.
3: Are you saying the foreigner in character is actually, no. Charlie's British, but they don't know that. Right. And they even say to Froggy, who's British, it's too bad you're not a foreigner like Charlie. So he's been painted as this this foreign guy from off in the foreign lands. Mm-hmm. And they're all mm-hmm. kind of amazed by him. Oh, he's a foreigner. And
0: that is interesting, too, because there's this awe and wonder and appreciation of a foreigner in the play, which is in great um, juxtaposition to so much of
2: what what a foreigner is
0: now. Question: Yes,
2: who is answer? Playing, okay, so you're you're playing the foreigner. <laughs> I'm playing Charlie. And since no one is watching, but only listening, you are white. Yes. So how how Check. is that going to how do you think that <clears throat> that plays in regards to what you're saying about the concept of a foreigner? Because I think that that's a huge part of this, right? Mm. You have a foreigner. All of a sudden, you cast this foreigner as a a person of color. Mm -hmm. And I think that it says something completely different. Mm -hmm. So tell me about being white, but also being the foreigner.
3: that's a really good question. Um, You know, I think in in many ways that would be not that it's a cop out, but an easy way to say, here's the foreigner, he's this race or whatever it is. And so I think it is an interesting challenge to understand what that means. And if you think about just the concept of something that's foreign to us, and then relating it to me, you know, me playing it as a as a white male, um, it does it does present a challenge. And I think the other characters will tell that story as to what it means to them, regardless of the color or religion of this person. That it's just somebody different. So I think that is a, a kind of an interesting concept that I actually didn't really spend a lot of time thinking about. Uh, and that's a great question because maybe some people will we'll put that out there and say, well, he's not, he's, he's a white guy. How's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he a foreigner? Mm-hmm. But it, it speaks to the idea that in this particular location of rural Georgia, um, <laughs> Leslie's character, you know, a foreigner to her is somebody that is just not from there. Yeah, And, right. and sure. so the fact that he's white or black or Chinese or anything like that doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah. He could be from California. He could be totally, to- to- or- yeah, right. totally, which, right.
3: you know, we kind of are, <laughs> But no, that's a great question. And what's really fun about this character is he gets to, he kind of makes up a language anyway because he works for a science fiction magazine. He, oh, yeah. And so he has all these ideas in his head about what it means to not speak the language. And it's really right. kind of odd. So he mixes in Spanish and this okay. kind of vague Russian language. And, <laughs> and, and then he's, and then, you know, he's British. And so it's odd. The whole thing mm-hmm. is just
2: odd. So is there any particular sort of cultural tropes that you are playing on in your representation of the foreigner
3: as Charlie or as, as the whole, uh,
2: as well within your character, like you, as the, as your character, you're coming out and you're like, oh, I have to create this character who's foreign. Like, what What are you pulling off of for that? Or are you just doing, like, th- Dacky, Daffy Duck style, <laughs> like, just crazy, like, something totally bizarre?
3: No, I think what I've done is sort of let Charlie be who Charlie is and discover the fact that, as a foreigner, what does that mean for him? And for him, it means tapping into what he knows, which is all the science fiction things that he's ever read and what he mm. what he thinks in the world. He's a big Shakespeare guy too. So any <laughs> opportunity for him to have something that's, that he can throw out there that's sort of different for him. Shakespeare is pretty foreign. It's pretty foreign. <laughs> it's many. But he uses all that stuff to kind of be what he thinks is the foreigner and how he kind of tries to pretend he doesn't understand and try and speak the language. Yeah. So I've kind of let charlie walk in and then come out as <laughs> what the definition is given to him if that makes sense yeah
2: sure well one i have one more okay. particular question mm-hmm. just because as you guys said like you know you, you get to this point where you're like trump is our president how did that happen and you have this reaction to try and create something and so my Personal thing has been female representation. Mm. Tell me about female representation in this play.
0: Thank you so much. Well, first, I want to say that Dogstar Theater Company's board is all female.
1: Excellent. Yes. We and love that.
0: Round Woo-hoo! of applause.
2: Round of applause. <laughs> and like, ladies.
1: You know, Ms. Ginsburg on the <laughs> Supreme Court, when asked, you know, when is it, when are there enough women on the Supreme Court? When is it sufficient? She said, when there are nine. my <laughs> no. <There you> <laughs> I love It's like that. Yes. I love that. When that, that stops right. being
0: a question, yeah. that's when there are enough. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I do have to say that.
3: And the, and, and the company was, you know, founded by Nita. So right. this is, you know. I know. This is girl power. Right? Yeah. It is girl power.
0: I know. And it's been interesting, too. Actually, funny, aside side story. I was in, um, I went to a play in CARP. Uh, that it was Fools, Neil Simon's Fools at the, um, right, Plaza Playhouse Plaza. to see, um, Van, cause he couldn't make it to the auditions. And, um, I was, I, Van knew I was meeting him afterwards and another Deborah Cristobal also knew that I was meeting her afterwards and there was someone else who was gonna come meet me. And, um, Deborah came out, <laughs> I'm standing there, it's me and Justin and another person in the lobby. And she comes out and she says, she's, lo- she looks at me and looks over and <laughs> says, I'm supposed to be meeting a director here. Oh, it was we the know. weirdest thing because she was not expecting me, blonde, blue-eyed, 30-something, well, young, something young oh, director, dear. who's a director. But this was interesting for me to feel like I am not the, the typical yeah, director. Yeah. Yeah, just Directors perception. are – George Lucas in their leather jackets with their beards, older men, shouting at people, telling people what to do. And that's a whole other thing in terms of what it it means and what it means to be a female director, too. Like, that is something I do not want to be. I am not going to shout. I mean – things need to be met things need to be done but that's been a, that's a whole other oops sorry the whole other podcast um <laughs> yeah. i'm but, always i want her to shout more but um in terms of yeah just representation in the play i feel like betty and catherine they're pretty i mean every character in this play is a is is a caricature in terms of we actually i i at the very beginning of the play, I talked with everyone individually, just talking about actually community del arte characters, talking about sitcom mm-hmm. characters, talking about these stereotypes, because I do think that each character has a little bit of a stereotype in them and some of them, a lot of a stereotype mm-hmm. in them. Um, and I don't necessarily think this play is about like, you know, f- feminism women, but, um, I do feel that, um, that, like behind all of it, and what people don't see is is me, the director, and then this board of trustees, which is just a female. So, um, I feel like I had something else that I was that initially popped in my head in terms of women <laughs> well, to talk you know, to about that, but it's lost after now.
1: Maggie and I see the play. I think we'll have some insight on how mm-hmm. that, yeah,
3: how that, what is, that, how that manifests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too because, mm-hmm. you know, Nita. Does all of the behind the scenes directing and producing and everything right. that I couldn't do, and um, I get to build the sets because I used to be a carpenter. So we have this, Thank we have God. that side of that whole thing. And and what's really interesting is I'm always really concerned about the details and like from a man's point of view. And she's always like, just don't. It's going to be fine. It looks great. And then when I finally get to see the end result of the lights and the. I just oh thank God she's the one doing that stuff because it's, it's always because the so. Big picture. There's always that element, uh, and I think it ha- you know it's that women's you know intuition and, and ability to kind of design this as a whole. Because I can't do that, I can't see it from start to finish. As a matter of fact, every time she runs a script by me or or a play, I, I I've always been bad at reading them and thinking oh this looks like a great play. It's always the same thing for me of yeah I guess I don't know. And then she'll say this is the one we're doing. We're gonna do this one, and I go okay. <laughs> I basically and, tell him what to do, and he's and, like, okay. And then I, and then I say, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll get cast. <laughs>
0: maybe. I bet you better take your pants off. Yeah, and I say you're going
3: to have to And you know, try. this is the <laughs> thing. it's It hasn't been easy. It, it's taken me 10 years to land these roles, people. So don't think this was a... An easy road. He's I've been auditioning for game. 10 know, right? years. Uh, and it started are... <laughs> naked in a boat. So, you know.
2: People are always <laughs> getting mad at female actresses for marrying for the part. Right. Like, right. This, I'm is, just... this is the most feminist thing we've heard Listen, today. I'm right? very in touch with my
3: <laughs> that side of me.
2: I love it. I love it. Well, and, Nibrock was very charming. I'm really looking forward to this one, too.
1: Thank you so much. And your... Uh, theater company aims to do two shows a year. Is that yep. right? Yep, two right. shows a and year. And for people who want to, you know, learn more, learn you can more. go to
0: www.dogstartheater spelled with an er, not an re dot org. <coughs> Dogstartheater dot org in the American, way. In the Ameri- okay. in the American and, way. And tickets are on sale at centerstagetheater.org. Center um, yeah, and uh, there was a Going few fast. people
3: that you need to mention still, Khalif. Stage manager. Yes, we have a
0: new. Um, he was doing a lot of production work down in L.A. He's a new, new to town. Um, mm, oh. Training to be a stage manager. He's great awesome, Khalif Green. So we know our our yeah. town yeah. needs more stage managers. Yeah, but that oh, name is my shortest. Yeah, there you and go. Khalif, we'll <laughs> be calling Kalief. you. Yes,
3: Khalif. He's a great. Guy.
0: Um, <laughs> and just so we've appreciative of uh, Ben Crop at Santa Barbara City College, yeah, thank and you, ben. um, we've got all sorts of people who have given us props, props, and different. Yeah, next door actually is a crazy place to get props and set pieces.
3: You can ask Um, for just about anything.
0: And then we've got Renegade Wines that's (laughs) donating his wine. Um, Grissini. Grissini. Grissini And uh, Point and Line Wines, which is Matt Cooper's company. That's great. Um, We've
3: we've been fortunate to secure a temporary rehearsal space uh, through um, Brian Lizek's company, which has been great. Hmm. He's a local kind of developer in town who bought the building mm. that i currently work in but it turns out he used to be in the theater and he's like great uh, okay so uh, it's a raw awesome. raw yeah, space really so that's awesome. been really neat that's yeah. awesome. um, so we've had a ton of great support and uh you know it's a wonderful small theater community that's kind of you know getting out of la and being in santa barbara is yeah. a really nice awesome nice thing to be doing so yep yep and super, and to you guys pleasing. thank you so much for Oh, thank you for, for giving us the opportunity to talk about this. Though. All
1: those links the link to this, the link to Center Stage for tickets, link to tickets, all link to the information, all on, yep. in pictures. Thanks so so can to our <laughs> Indiegogo
0: campaign, which again, so we didn't uh, 10% of the profits from the show are going to the Anti Defamation League um, that's great. in support that's great. of uh, fighting against hate crimes and right. racism in America. Mm. No.
2: Mm.
1: Lovely. That's mm. great.
2: Yeah, now, that's one final question mm-hmm. for the man who just says, meh, whatever. What is your all-time favorite role that you would want to play before you die? Go. Mm.
3: Wow, that's a good question. Before I die. Boy, it's hard to be on the spot. Um,
1: is it King Lear? Can I just... No. Right <laughs> if it's King Lear, you can walk out no. the door right no. now. Yeah, because Maggie it's, doesn't want to hear that. It's Let not me just Shakespeare. tell you
3: that right now. It's definitely not Shakespeare. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, I, I you know I've always been so bad at this because I've always taken what came to me. But yeah. I think uh, you know what? I don't know why I have a thing for Sam Shepard. I really oh, yeah. love Sam Shepard. That's actually um, I
0: almost we almost did True yeah, West yeah. Because, oh, true which West. is
3: on yeah. for next
2: year. Yeah, next um, True West. I think so you need a dramaturg for that. Yeah. Uh, I think you have a dramaturg. I think for think
3: so. That. That. So <laughs> I can I couldn't tell you exactly the role, but I I I'm bef- I haven't done any Sam Shepard short of yeah. you know college scene where a long sure. long time well, ago, that but. Counts. Sam Shepard and I'm and I love Pinter. I've just been yeah. a, okay. I've always loved. So that Pinter. makes yep. so much sense. To yeah, me. So I really love mm-hmm. Sam Shepard. Also, yeah, kind of similar sense. in a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic. That's Wonderbar, Great question, Maggie. Yeah, there thank you, Maggie. Thank you. Oh, thank and, you guys. and
3: <laughs> of course, I'd like to be in Wonder Woman.
2: Oh well, so, yeah. Uh, huh. If there's any, I'd like to be in Wonder Woman. <laughs> right. I just don't have a penis, so I'm gonna have to work that out. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: Can we all be Wonder Woman for Halloween? I there's think an, every single uh, female. Maggie, there's an app Wonder for that.
2: Is
3: there? Yeah, <laughs> there's an yeah. app. There's, uh-huh.
2: there's an app that gives me her visions. Yeah.
3: yeah, that's incro-
1: yeah. really. It's a shadow puppet app.
3: Okay, but. let's
2: let's talk after this.
1: God. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> so thank you all guys right. so much for coming. <laughs> thank you for having us. to us. We thank you
2: for so having so appreciate us. Appreciate it. Twentieth through the twenty second.
0: Yeah, baby, Dogstar Theater, The Foreigner.
2: so much to our guests, Nita and Justin Devonzo from Dogstar Theatre Company. Their show Foreigner is coming up at center stage.
1: Also, thanks to our producer, David Paris, and our sound by Miles Austin, whose music you are listening to right now. It's called X's and O from his new EP, which is on SoundCloud. Look for the link on our website and look for Everything on our website. Instagram, Twitter, website Theatrics SP. Rate and review.